are tuned to BK Radio. This week's extended session special guest, DJ Ride. Cool motherfucker. Talked about Doom for like three hours, him and I. just I just kicked in his store. This is like the last store in my stops. And uh, just kicked in his store. So anyway, his homie comes over as a promoter, uh, Paul. His name is Paul Ginsberg. Really cool cat. Shout out to those guys. They treated me super well down there, you know. Um, so anyway, dude's like, hey, if you're a DJ up there, you know, do you know any local talent? Do you know, because what we want to do is like get people involved from all over the world, you know, and uh, get them together and put together a compilation album where it's just a dude producing from, you know, Argentina and a dude rapping from New Mexico, that type of shit. So all people who are new to each other, too, you know. So anyway, I hooked up Antonius with that dude, Paul, and I told Antonius, I said, if you if he calls you to go do a show down there, I will sport half your ticket. You know, what I mean, because that cat, Antonius, is a, he's a freestyle beast and he can write and he can make beats like that kid. I really respect that kid. <clears throat> no, we had him here for an interview, man. He's on fire right now. Oh, I know, he's dude. He's come exploded. over to the studio a few times and he's mixed a couple of times. You know, he's more on the MC tip, but uh-huh. super <clears throat> cool cat, dude. Nothing but props for that kid. No, absolutely. He's uh, he also seems to be quite the producer, too. Yeah, man, he comes, yeah, he's got, he's got really hard beats, he does that, and he's, the other thing is that I respect about him, in addition to that, um, he's like, he like knows about golden age hip-hop, you know what I mean, he knows, he, he brings up shit, he brings over records like Houdini records and shit, old shit like that, I'm like, whoa, okay, you know, because a lot of new, a lot of cats, younger cats these days, like, like Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole, and I love those guys, they're super dope, but. You know, a lot of times, no disrespect, but it's just not knowing, you know, Golden Age shit and where it started mm-hmm. and even before Golden Age, what would be considered Golden Age. Yeah, Anthonius is definitely one of those people who has done some study. And I'm not going to lie, I haven't done nearly as much studying as he has. But boy, sometimes when you ask some of these younger guys anything... Dude, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just know you know, it's... I was kind of like that, you know, growing up. Like, my mom was always, like, into, like, Steel Pulse and Bob Marley and Santana and, mm-hmm. I mean, Al Green. Like, I had a lot of, like, soul and 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 uh, R&B influence, reggae influence in my life at a young age. So I just always grew up with that. I just always loved that kind of shit, you know? So um, I learned at an early age about Led Zeppelin and about, like, all these old school groups, Cream and, yeah, you know... Yeah. Deep Purple and Black Sabbath and like all these bands from back in those days, you know what I mean? What we can call music, yeah. So, I mean, that was just me and that's what I like to see out of young rap cats, you know, who they do their research. And you don't have to like it, but at least respect it, you know, that's always my thought. Yeah, know about it. Yeah. Know where you came from. Welcome to the Beekeep. This is Insight. We're here with Mark DJ Ride. I don't know if you want to give him your whole name, introduce yourself. No, I'm good. All right. Well, yeah, welcome. Thanks for coming by, man. We, we got to come by your little spot not too long ago and, and listen to you and Cap Spin. And, uh, you know, you, you have some great records. And I heard a, a tiny handful of stuff. And I was like, wow, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, I love this. And uh, I don't know. It's been a while since I bumped into somebody who um, A seems to be such an appreciator and a collector uh, well, a little bit of a historian, it sounds like. But uh, but also, as we were talking a little bit before the 
um, the recording started. Uh, it sounds like you also like to put back into the scene. Um, you know, if you're meeting cats like Anthonius Monk and you're linking them up with other people, I mean, that's it. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. working on I the I mean, I, I, I like to DJ out, but I'm not really a good DJ, to be honest, because I usually play <laughs> music for myself. So, you know, in terms of like going out and DJing for people, that doesn't make for a good DJ. But so, you know, it's whatever. It's not a big deal. Santa Fe is pretty... You know, it's pretty packed with DJs, so I think I'm set doing what I'm doing, you know. <clears throat> There's a lot of um, DJs, a lot of MCs, that's for sure. So I like uh, I like communing, you know, with, you know, the hip-hop community around here, you know, and that's kind of why I like to invite these cats over to kind of give them a spot and practice, you know, especially if they're young DJs. Obviously, I've got the DJ mm -hmm. set up and vinyl and shit, and we got Cat brings over his computer, and, you know, just John Ray brings over, like, all sorts of awesome little beat machines and toys that he's bought and you know people make beats and you know bring an instrument sing you know sure. osleana used to come over and sing and and she used to freestyle and you know so it's just kind of an open thing i just love to see people um tapping into their talent and you know if i could have people over at a positive area and you know maybe they learn something about djing and music and then it can even turn into a therapy session you know if people get you know deep into the music and it's like yeah, you know, kind of church sort of deal. Yeah, but, people so anyway, react. that's what I like to do. I just like to bring that shit together. Well, hell yeah, and that space is uh, it's kind of I'd say like a really evolved version of uh, of what I'd like this space to to become the beekeep. You know, a place for people to come and jam <laughs> out, and mm -hmm. for us to uh, I don't know, kind of learn about some new shit. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, being alone in a room listening to stuff. It's just your own voice. It's never a bad thing to learn, that's for sure. Well, and so tell me a little bit more about why you started the space, because a lot of DJs are kind of solitary cats, and they don't like to necessarily share their space. So well, what started the space in the first place? Well, uh, I don't know. It was just a woodshed that uh, um, wasn't being really put to use. So there was like a lot of... Uh, a, big tools in there, you know, band saws and, you know, cause my grandfather, he was a, uh, like a part-time carpenter, you know, he'd uh -huh. do carpentry anyway. So got rid of all that. Didn't need it. Didn't use it. Wasn't my deal. And then, so the money that I made back from the tools, I put back into the studio and, uh, just clean it up, painted it, patched it, you know, added some shelves and nice. then just threw my shit in there. And it just became like this positive space, you know, um, so then I invited uh, this other DJ who he, I used to hang out with. Um, he used to every once in a while say, hey, this dude wants to come over and spin. Is he cool? You know, you know. So yeah. uh, uh, he just started inviting people over and just getting new DJs in there. And I just love a round table of DJs just going through. You know, everyone play 10 records at a time and then rotate. It's just fun to me because everyone has a different style. You get to hear people advancing if they're trying to scratch or if they're mixing or juggling or whatever. It's 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 just a dope thing. I just love it. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you're uh, obviously a lover of the craft. Um, you got a you got a bit of hate for some of these new guys who are just doing the laptop DJing. You know, no, not at all, man. Not, not at all. No inclusive. hate whatsoever. No hate whatsoever. I mean, nice. All right. Whatever gets you know that's the deal. Whatever gets the crowd to move. Whatever people enjoy. Who, who gives a shit what you're playing it on? You know. 
Well, yeah. So what, uh, I mean, you were talking a little bit about your parents and that musical influence and any other things that started you on the path to hip hop in specific or, you know. Yeah. You want to know what, what, you want to know how I discovered hip hop for real? Yeah, I do. This is a, I, I, I was in the back of my mom's car. This is way back in the day. This was probably like 84, like right after Run DMC's first album came out. Uh, I was in my back of my mom's car and I found this black tape. It wasn't marked. It was a cassette tape. I, I found this black tape and I asked her to play it. And somebody, whoever she had in the car, must have dropped it out of their pocket or whatever. And dude, it was the illest shit. It was craft work. It was on there. Egyptian Lover was on there. And this is all like mind blowing to me because it's all electronic fucking rap, dude. It was crazy. You know, Egyptian Lover is sick. Um, and then it was just like a, like a breakdance tape because breakdance is like like getting big over here, you know, like five years after it was big in New York. Yeah, of course. Or after it started anyway. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, I found this tape, this cassette tape, and dude, I just fucking played the shit out of that tape until it snapped and I had to find where this music came from. Uh-huh. It was tape. sick, dude. Yeah, yeah it was uh, Run DMC shit and, you know, all this early Grandmaster Flash and it was it was incredible. So yeah, Whoa. from there. And Herbie Hancock Rocket was on there. Oh shit! Okay, so like a master's mega mix, like. Yeah, dude, it totally was. It was just like, dude, here's your intro. Oh, perfect. Yeah, might as well have been intro to hip hop. That's amazing. So I mean, I think we lost a little something. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, it's been very important, obviously. And it was totally by happenstance. It didn't even, you know, it was serendipitous. It just was like, here, some hip hop for you. Let me change your life. Seriously, yeah. you know? No, I, I can I can believe that. I mean, <laughs> for me, like, not even 10 years, 12 years later, like, the, you know, the free music trading era of the internet was the same thing, where you download yeah. and find something kind of accidentally. Kind of, yeah. Something misnamed. Yeah, right. A compilation. Different form of it, sure. You just take, you know, somebody's entire, you know, their whole hard drive and download that <laughs> over 10 days and yeah, right. find some crazy stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think that music sharing aspect, uh, is really important. Do you think that's, that's going away in a little bit, uh, you know, in a little ways? Not really. I think the, I think owning, actually owning music is, you know, yeah. cause everybody's just got it on file. Yeah, no, that's a, a huge point. Actually, I was, uh, nice way to segue to that a little bit, actually, uh, the, the idea of, of EULA's and of, uh, uh, having, uh, an agreement that allows you to use some music, mm -hmm. but not actually own any physical copies. You know, for instance, not having any music on your iPhone anymore, having it all on the cloud, even if you purchased and used to have that right, right, right. form, <laughs> now you're paying for, or rather you've been granted access to that. Mm -hmm. And at some point you may not be, whereas you always had your physical copy. Right. Well, at least your tape until it until you play it, until play. it snaps, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I used to remember seeing all the, <laughs> the tapes strewn on the side of the road, you know, caught in the in the weeds, you know, and you know somebody just, oh, shit, threw it out the window. Yeah, well, I remember you don't really see that much anymore. No, you do not. <laughs> no, you do not. Uh, so, yeah, uh, some of the classics. Uh, when I, I was over there at your place the other night, you know, we got a little bit of soul, there's some <coughs> funk there. You know, you got some favorites of the week that you've been that you've been thinking about or playing. Tell us a little bit about this new records that you're going to listen to that you just bought. Um, I mean, a lot of it's not brand new, but it's new to me. Mm -hmm. So, like, I recently bought uh, Ghostface, um, uh, the Pretty Tony album. I listen to like I just skim through it. You know, when I buy new records, I usually buy stacks. So I just kind of skim through them. You know, play like thirty seconds, which is not a good thing to do. But who the fuck has time to listen to mm -hmm. all that music at once? <coughs> Excuse me. 
Um, so yeah, I just <clears throat> was cleaning the studio last night and I threw that on and it's just some bangers on there. You know what I mean? It's just so that, you know, I wanted to been wanting to listen to that and, um, uh, Chicano Batman. That's a really dope album. This newest one. I don't even remember the name of it. Um, but anyway, badass album. Um, I have some old school, like gangster shit, like Compton's most wanted that I've been wanting to listen to. So, yeah, dude, I, I was in San Francisco and I must have bought, well, in Berkeley. So between those two places in that week, I, I had to buy a whole new suitcase. <laughs> Damn. No, I did. That was for real. And it had to have wheels because it was going to fuck my back up. Whoa. Because vinyl's heavy. So, yeah, I mean. I so, mean, yeah. I, so over there, I probably bought about 100 records. Whoa. Close to. Wow. I mean, um, that, like, you know, if I didn't understand the allure of hip hop, I'd say that, that sounds obsessive, you know. Oh, but like, totally is fucking obsessive. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, I can't, that's why I don't do drugs. I can't afford them. Well, right. I mean, that's your drug right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you, do you have like a, a little bit of like a hip hop hoarder's mentality? Like, are you looking for anything you can get a, your hands on or something really in particular? See, this is what I always say. I always say, there's nothing in my studio that I don't listen to. There's mm. nothing. There's not one record, except for maybe that Leonard Nimoy, Nimoy album. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's actually accidentally worth a lot of money. Anyway, uh, I don't I don't have anything in my studio that I don't listen to. So everything, I can pull out anything and I'll listen to it. Hmm. You know, um, That's the way I collect. I don't collect for monetary value. I just collect. Do you have stuff that you don't actually like? That, do you have music that you don't... You I know? might just because I'll get obsessive in the way that I have to buy like if so if it's a Mob Deep album that I don't like but I'll have to buy all of them because it's Mob Deep. You yeah, know? okay. So I'll have to like carry it on even if, or Redman. Right. He's a perfect example. Like I like most of his shit except for like one or two things, but I have them because it's Redman and it's part of his his discography. All right, I guess yeah, you bought it before you knew in a way, right? <laughs> yeah, sort of, but you know. So, well, and, I think that can happen too, you know, if you really if you love an artist and you've been watching them and yeah. something comes out often you're prone to just buying it you know buy before you try sure sure. <clears throat> even and nowadays i don't i mean especially here in santa fe you're not hearing anything on the radio you know if you're going to hear a new song by an artist you're looking for you're going to find it yourself on the net or, right right or right. buy it right? right so yeah well nowadays if it's on itunes you can preview it you know oh, but that's, that's if it's on itunes yeah and that's <coughs> if you're if you're using itunes right yeah right right yeah I mean, I try to use everything. I use everything to find music, you know, everything that's available, right? Well, not everything, but I use several different things. Yeah, were you into downloading a lot of music when that was a big thing? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you, God, you yeah. have hard drives full somewhere, too? Yeah, I yeah. mean, just, and that shit, you know, just <laughs> give your computer a straight-up STD, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, totally, yeah. And I, and I remember Torrance and Bear Share and basically... Well, yeah, there know, was LimeWire and then there was Lime Kazaa. Yeah. And uh, what was the other one? The, the first one, uh, Napster. Yeah, I never used Napster. I, I never did too. I, yeah, I don't Cause know Because they still tricked you into paying for it, I think. Oh, is that, yeah. Some, I don't know, I don't that know. That makes sense. I never that used it, sense. so. Well, uh, yeah, as, a, as an owner of a huge amount of vinyl and appreciator of uh, you know records, obviously, you know, what's your take on, on sampling in hip-hop? Do you, you feel like it's it's generally fair game, or you, do you feel like well, I mean, in the context you know, the, of it nowadays, maybe you shouldn't so much? that's what hip-hop was basically founded on sampling you know yeah. what i mean so why yeah. stop now i mean hmm. thing is i would some producers are you know uh super innovative you know and you can use a sample that's been used before and flip it 
mm-hmm. you know, and you could still tell the remnants of the sampler that that the particular sample's there, but it's just flipped. You know what I mean? Dilla likes to do that shit a lot. Madlib right. likes to do that shit a lot. You know, those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, dude, I've, I'm all for sampling. I think it's dope. I mean, of course, don't be a dick. You know, pay your respects. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, or or, or whatever. You know, royalties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever respects amount to. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's exactly. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, man, I, I dig. I love sampling. Right on. This is a DJ ride mix called Third Element. Available on SoundCloud. Search Cool DJ Ride. funk soul records that I have or I look for because I know that 
this might be on that Black Moon song. Uh-huh. You know what yeah. I mean? Or You've heard the sample. Dre might have used this, and the actual song is doper than the hip hop beat. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's nice, dude. Yeah. yeah, I mean, oftentimes, you know, it's a good way to yeah to like spawn off and spiral off to experience new artists too. Is yeah, follow that trail of the ear. You right. Know, you oh yeah, totally. Like, and just yeah, go down that route. You know. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, one thing that strikes me about nowadays is that the accessibility and the uh, like availability to technology that allows you to be creative musically. Um, you know, you don't have to sample to make hip hop, and like, I think that's kind of like a, a nice way to, I don't know, a nice transition to not have to rely on that so much anymore. Mm-hmm. But the sound is so hard to replicate or emulate. Mm-hmm. So. There, I think, like in a way, a lot of the sound of the hip hop that we love will forever have to be sampled. So, you know, I don't think it's going anywhere. But I, I think we are seeing like a lot of uh, a lot of the younger guys too. For instance, a lot of the stuff that I don't necessarily like so much, the trap stuff, uh, a little bit more of those like mumble rap kind of mm-hmm. genre stuff. Um, even from some of the local cats, um, you know, they are making basically all of their beats without samples, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a totally different sound. Um, so I don't know, you could say you're a lover, you personally are just a lover of that sound, mm-hmm. like that lovely vinyl sound, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that seems to be the purest, but it's not that I, I, I would never limit myself strictly to that. You know, I, I love all that shit. I actually, there's a lot of trap rappers that I dig. There's some dope shit out there that I've heard, you yeah. know, cause one thing I noticed and I think it's fucking dope and I'm all for it too, is that they're. There's an old beat machine called the uh, 808, TR-808. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these cats are using that 808 sound. And that's, like, from the late 80s, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, 80s, early 90s was, like, kind of the end of that. And then they went into different beat machines that sounded different. But uh, those, uh, the fact that they're bringing those back, that shit's dope. With the heavy bass lines and the crazy, you know. Yeah, for sure, the basses. I'm yeah. hearing that a lot. I mean, yeah. the mumble rappers, yeah, fuck all, fuck all that. I'm not yeah, into that, that's but, a little hard to but, listen to. But, but I've heard some trap beats that, you know, I'm really feeling. And then uh, dub, uh, not dubstep, but footwork mm-hmm. uh, that Cap showed me, you know. Yeah, Cap's been really on the footwork thing. He's been, yeah, going on about it. And I was interested to find out that it's basically all that one 160 BPM. And that was kind of cool. And he played a mix for me, and I was like, wow, you know, that's kind of cool. I was going to comment, one of the mixes that you sent had a lot of footwork elements to it. Sounded yeah, it was like, like acid jazz, the third element mix. That was yeah. like acid jazz. Yeah, and I like that, but I may not have understood that without the context of hearing that first from Cat. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it was pretty interesting to just to, to understand anything about that, that genre at all, because I somehow hadn't heard about it, but it seems like it's not that new. Uh, a lot of those, that was an all vinyl mix. A lot of those records were kind of from like, some of that shit was like from the 90s. And mm. some of it was mid-2000s. But, um, you know, it was just a lot of more uh, spe- or high pace uh, uh, thievery corporation. Some of their beats I use. I use some Mark Farina. I'm trying to think of who else. That was so long ago. Mm. No, there was a lot of Mark Farina in there, and I recognize that because I'm a, I was a mushroom jazz lover. For, yeah. You know, like so so the thing days. I did with that is because I wanted like some of those beats to start out were so slow they were like, uh, fuck I don't know like maybe seventy BPM, but then what I did was I just left the pitch at zero on my turntable and I just mixed that whole shit in forty five instead oh, of thirty three and a third I just yeah. mixed everything on forty five. Cool. Um, 
well, you know, those faster records, because those are all slowed down. Those are all way slow beats. So I wanted people to dance, because my homegirl's like, make me a dance miss. This is kind of for her. And then it just turned into, I put it on SoundCloud, and a lot of people downloaded it. it cool. I, uh, the Peanut Gallery Network wrote a blog about it, that mix, that particular mix. Oh, right. So yeah, it was badass. If I find that, that link, I'll send it. It was pretty okay. long ago. That was from like fucking... That mix is probably from like 2011, wow. 2012. Okay, wow, yeah. So. That was actually, that was my second uh, all vinyl, just strictly vinyl mix that I put on SoundCloud. Cool, it's aged well. I mean, I gotta say it. Dude, sounds, it's yeah. fucking, it's a fun, it's a fun, even I think it's a fun uh, mix to listen to. You know, yeah. sometimes I get bored of my shit. Like that, that, thir- that other one uh, that I sent you, that hip hop, that downbeat tempo. Like uh-huh. I love those songs, but that mix, I, I'm over it. <laughs> it's weird. It's a funny thing. I can understand that. Uh, I mean, there's something to be said about this, like, uh, lo-fi, um, you know, beats to chill to thing that's going on right now that uh, kind of takes that, like, down-tempo thing to an extreme. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that stuff? Do you listen to any of that? Uh, yeah, it's dope. I mean, there's time and place for everything, you know. It's all mood. Sometimes, stuff. you know, might listen to Pantera, you know, or... Sex Pistols or something, but then other times I might listen to like Dwelle and D'Angelo and mm-hmm. Jill Scott. You know, it's so it's just it's just mood shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, reggae is big for me too. That's a yeah, that's like a nice. But, yeah, I mean, stuff. I like that shit, man. I like it. You know, as long as it's done right, whatever whatever is appealing to my ear. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's got you know Justin Bieber on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I wonder what he'll get up to in this. You know, wiser years, right? And like, who knows? Yeah. A lot of these guys yeah. are doing kind of interesting things because yeah. they have a position to, but maybe yeah. not, right? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Uh, what do you think? Um, I don't know. You got any thoughts on on where you see hip hop generally going? You know. You I mean, I don't know, man. The state of it right now is kind of grim. You know, there's a lot of bullshit out there, and a lot of these cats who are whack as fuck are just getting you know such play because you know they bring more drama than they bring music so people are all about that shit you know so that's a good point the reality i don't even want to say their names because i don't even want to say names because i don't want to give them any of that i don't want to give them anything no don't do it no you don't need to but it's just a bummer because you know it just it's it's just making the the it's making just making it look bad you know Mm. it's just setting bad examples you know we don't have i mean there are dope rappers don't get me wrong but you know, we need more rappers like the Grouch, you know, people who drop knowledge who, you know, That's we need true. more rappers like KRS-One. Yeah. You know, more conscious shit, bring shit to the forefront like they did, you know, bring the problems out. Absolutely. You know? Did you get to see him speak in Albuquerque recently? I didn't see him speak, but I've, I saw, saw the, show. the show. The show was fucking oh, dope. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, I missed the show and saw, him, and saw the speech. Yeah, I saw him speak. Oh, you got to, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to go. I should have gone, man. I was in Albuquerque, too. I should have gone. I just was like, I don't know. It was it was cool. He had a, there were a couple of things that that stuck with me about it. Um, one of the things he said that, that really stuck with me um, was that uh, the the white people should hold black people accountable and uh, to a higher standard. And that it you know at first that hit me as like kind of a well shit I don't know if I feel okay about that you know I don't feel like I should be in a position <coughs> of like judging anybody you know least of all black people I guess you know fucking doesn't seem like an area i should be going but i realized in a way that um what i think he meant was um it's it's important to expect greatness from everybody um in other words to not assume that somebody 
may or may not be able or be capable of doing anything. So expecting greatness across the board. Um, well, in other words, wise. not yeah, not place negative stereotypes. Yeah. You know. No, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like are you can agree with that. Or I, I would generally say. Uh, like yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. You know, I got caught. I got caught out there the other day. I said, somebody had posted something on Facebook about about how the word marijuana was racist, you know, towards Mexicans. Oh, I think I saw a post about that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I commented on it after like some, you know, other Facebook idiot had mentioned that it was a laugh and that's not true and you know you can't believe everything you read. And I got caught out there myself because I said, you know what? You know, I'm I'm Hispanic. I said, you know what? This is the problem, you know, white people don't want to acknowledge. And right there I caught myself. Oh yeah, that's a dangerous one. Because I just generalized, you know. Uh-huh. Just like we accuse other people of doing. So it's a matter of checking yourself too, you know what I mean? I'm not a prejudiced person, but for me to say that I spoke out of anger, you know. Huh. And it was you know, I caught myself on it. So anyway, that's a that's a real, you know, it's a real fine line to walk, you know. When you're when you're standing when you want to stand up for racism but don't be a racist, uh-huh. you know what I mean? So well, yeah. yeah. So uh, that was a lesson, you know what I mean? And that's that's part of life, you know. We learn this kind of shit. And, oh, totally. You know. So. Well, that reminds me a little bit of what we were saying earlier, too, about, um, about the phones and having the ability to kind of just shoot your mouth off and that access all the time. Um, I don't know. I think it has a an emboldening effect on, uh, on people with prejudice. Um, you know, it gives somebody Oh, certainly, because there's support. distance. Yeah, absolutely. You don't yeah, have protected. to face it. No, I think that's totally true. So, you know, that's a big problem. It's easy to hit the block button, you know, and run away from it. Whereas addressing it's real, well, close and personal. It's real, you know, so there's not a lot of room for error there. <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, I, would you say that that kind of translates to, uh, you know, a little bit to hip hop over the, the long term, too, that, um, you know, as attention spans are shortened and as like, you know, it's been, it's been a little harder to have a kind of a, a normal uh, evolution of, of somebody's skill set or somebody's musical character. I know, like, everybody's cross-innovating all the time. Like, mm-hmm. having the internet all the time, you post something on SoundCloud, somebody hears it, you're hearing other people's new stuff oh, all yeah, the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like we were discussing with politics earlier. Early hip hop is way different, so of course it's going to change a little bit. But ultimately, it should still be about people and righteousness and music and bringing people together. And you know what I mean? That's what it should always be about: and education and you know, bringing up bringing up uh, uh, social situations. And you know, that's what it should be about always, regardless yeah. of what the music sounds like. Yeah, space for social dialogue. Yeah, uh, absolutely. No, I can agree with that. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, and definitely, Karis One agrees with that. That's you know, been his mission the whole time. For instance. Oh, using, absolutely, using absolutely. His craft to yeah. Share the message. Absolutely. Man. This song has an imaginary situation, which is vital to the atmosphere we intend to project. We'd like for you to join us on this imaginary excursion and picture in your mind. I know what you think, 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 I know what you think
but yeah, uh, do you think hip hop is something that um, that every young person should get involved in some way or another? It's mm. kind of a lifesaver. Some people, you know, say, "Ah, hip hop saved my life," you know. And do you feel like it's it's that powerful, or do you just not, love the not, music? Not, no, well, not really. I mean, I mean, it is and it isn't. I think you should get into whatever you're feeling, uh-huh. you know. So if a kid wants to get into country music and that's where his heart lies, and I say do that, yeah. you know, um, same thing like anything, rock, you do whatever, you know what I mean. But if if accept it into your life, like Jesus, <laughs> let it in, let <laughs> accept it, it you, accept it, it, give it a chance, you know what I mean. If and if you don't feel it, then it's just not your music. Like there's certain genres I don't feel. It's just I, it's not that it sucks. It's just I don't feel it. No, that's totally it with hip hop for me. I think that was that was it. I heard it and I was like, "Wow!" Like, yeah. Oh, you, I, instantly, uh, instantly. I wanted to hear it more. again. Yeah, I wanted to where, hear more. What is that? Like, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Because I think like a lot of people um, in my like relatively privileged white background, you know, a lot of people started listening to rock and or alternative music, and then like one day I was tripped over hip hop. Yeah, that's it. And like, yeah, I think that's like a very common progression for a lot of uh, I don't know. Americans, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of like mostly white Americans. I would I'd clarify that. Yeah. You know. Well, like I said, you know, I think kids should get into whatever they're they're digging. Uh-huh. I mean, if you're a parent, you know, show them a direction. If they don't take that direction, don't try and force it. You know, because then they really won't like it. Um, but yeah, man, music's good. Music's a good thing to do. Yeah, I mean, one thing that came up recently in conversation with with uh, my girlfriend was um about hip-hop's use well and rap also but definitely rap um hip-hop's use of uh i don't know like derogatory terms for instance like women are bitches you know and everybody's a nigga and it's all this kind of thing so i don't know do you feel that that's a that's a facet of hip-hop that can stay around for the long term or do you think that's well the thing is is that number one you know hip-hop was kind of a product of the environment you know what i mean obviously yeah the other thing is it was never meant to be safe it was meant to challenge it was meant to show throw shit in your face and shock yeah. i mean we don't in I, my world i don't want to be safe from everything i want shit to scare me because that's how you stay on your toes i mean you can't always be protected you can't get insulted by everything like there's mad shit out there what are we just going to have like this soft cotton wrapped world like that's impossible you know, so I am not really qualified to answer that question per se, but what <laughs> I'm saying is, answer, but what yeah. I'm, but what I'm saying is, is that, you know, I just don't see it going away. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I'm happy about it. I'm glad, that's fair. you know? Yeah. I mean, I wonder, like, you know, you said hip hop is a, a product of the, the environment, the social environment. And I would agree with that. And I think the social environment has changed a lot. So I guess what I was saying, excuse me to interrupt, but I guess what I was saying is for me to judge and say, well, that's not right. Well, that's not my, that's not my place. That's what they call staying in your lane. That's fair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I can enjoy it. And, but for me to actually critique it and to nitpick and say, well, you shouldn't say that. Well, that's not for me to say, or anyone, you know, other than people who are in that and if it offends you, my thought is don't listen to it. That's you know true. What I mean? Anyway, yeah, my, my apologies. Go no, no, no. That's a, that's exactly the discourse I was looking for. Uh, no, it's interesting because I, I ask that question to people in candid conversation and sometimes recorded also, um, or a variation of like, you know, if they think that, um, I don't know, some of the 
roles and ideas that are perpetuated largely in hip hop and largely in mainstream rap and hip hop, um, you know, if those should hang around or if they're appropriate. And I get a lot of mixed answers on that one. Um, but it's always, it's always interesting. Um, well, I think more so than anything, because kids can hear everything on the radio or whatever, they're going to hear it anyway. But I mean, kind of be more selective with what you're playing. Like some of the shit that I hear my nieces who are young teenagers listening to is just incredible. Yeah. Of course, I listened to Two Live Crew when I was like, whenever that came out in 87, wow. 86-ish. Oh, so yeah, I was listening to Two Live is what we are. And I don't know if you've ever listened to that album, but it's definitely not for kids. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of music that isn't for kids. Yeah, And absolutely. Beastie Boys too, Licensed to Ill back then. Yeah, not at all. Like You're Talking about smoking crack. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, well, that, that album but anyway, you for know. a number of reasons. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, but... but. <laughs> Well, yeah, so, I mean, I think what you're getting to is that uh, maybe hip-hop isn't for everybody, number one. Well, it certainly is not have to be for everybody. Yeah, no, right. I can agree with that for sure. So, uh, all right, so tell me a little bit about um, how you got into not just loving hip-hop, but specifically DJing and mixing vinyl. You must have had somebody that, that showed you once, or did you just pick it up, or what? Um, just probably just since, like, in high school... I just always had DJ friends. I had at least one friend who had turntables, and we'd always hang out over there. And from then, it wasn't even like them teaching me how. It was just them not being on the turntables and me being able to step up and, you know, know like two or one or two fundamentals and Mm -hmm. rolling with that, you know. Um, And then just always wanting, you know, because like back then when I got into it, it was like, Mm, early to mid 90s so a lot of dope shit was out a lot of dope mm-hmm. shit and whenever I'd see like we'd go to a house party and like one of our friends would be DJing it they would just have the heat they would just have bangers in the in their crates and like that was always like oh man I want that on vinyl I didn't even want turntables I just wanted records you know what I mean because it was just something to collect um, always listening to the music you know tapes and CDs Always listening to the music. But then, uh, you know, we just always get on. So it'd be all night sessions, all night sessions, all night sessions. And I'd go home just like fiending. And I never really had a chance or the money to get turntables until about 2005, I think. Uh, January 2005. And so I got, I found, when I, I lived in Vegas, Nevada. So I lived in, I, I, I went on Craigslist and I was looking for turntables because I had the money. I was like, fuck it, I'm getting them. So I found two Technique 1200s, um, three crates of mostly trash records, a Vestax 05 Pro, a table, an RCA CD burner, headphones, needles, you know, the whole nine, everything you needed to get mixing like right there. Um, And so I found that for 400 bucks on Craigslist, North, 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 or South Las Vegas, South side of Vegas. Drove all the way the fuck over there. I saw the dude set up. I was like, sold. Immediately. Started loading the shit in my car. Gave him the money. Went home. Hooked that shit up. I already had a table set up. I was stoked. So anyway, I went and set all that shit up and sorted through all the records, you know, because you're so stoked to have all that shit. Sorting through, looking through all the records because I didn't get a chance. I was so excited. I just threw everything in the car, you know. Didn't even look in the records when I was there. 
as far as I was concerned, one of those turntables was worth 400 bucks at least. So at least, yeah, yeah. So I came up, right? So that was where it started. I was going to say, you'll never find that deal, like, you know, yeah. ever again. I mean, right. I think, so. yeah, somehow at that point, people didn't know what a 1200 was, and now they definitely do. And well, I mean, no, I mean, 1200s are iconic as, you know, uh, amongst DJs. And I think this dude just was hard up for the cash. That's way hard up, though. I mean, yeah, well, either way, his loss, my gain. So, yeah, lucky, yeah. and the thing that sucked, dude, is like Las Vegas had like one, two, they had, they had Record City and they had Zia Records, two locations, and two locations of at uh, uh, Record City. One of them, which was about to close down, like records were on the downslope. Um, so, I was just over there constantly hunting, finding a lot of dope classic rock that I like, finding very, very, very little reggae like one record and it'd be like a Shaba Ranks record, you know, hmm. which is, that's cool, but that's all they had. Um, but then, so uh, Record City was about, they were on the verge of shutting down. So I walked in there and this is, I've always like been into jazz, right? Like, you know, I've always knew about Coltrane and Miles Davis and mm -hmm. some of the other guys, but never really super into it. And then, so I went to Record City I was talking to the owner, I think his name is Alan, well, either way. Um, so they had this area taped off. I was like, hey man, what's up with all those records back there? He's like, they're all jazz records, man. He's like, I gotta go, they gotta go. I mean, he's like, just go look through it, you know, you can go back there. So I'm back there and I was just thumbing through shit and everything with the Blue Note label I picked up, whether mm -hmm. I heard of them or not, Ornette Coleman and- Good choice, yeah. Yeah, all this old, like Herbie Hancock and mm -hmm. I was just yanking them out and I was like, that's all I wanted, because that's all I knew. That's the only record label I really knew was blue note so that kind of got me into jazz i was finding some amazing music and you know find myself like just drawing at the house put on a record and just listen to it all the way through and just an amazing jazz record ornette coleman and uh uh donald bird and just these fucking dope records and a lot of shit you're like oh shit dj premiere sampled that you yeah. know what i mean and just uh -huh. discovering shit so that's kind of how i got into jazz and and then from there it was just like I wanted all the old samples. You know, I wanted old Bismarck Key samples. So that song, The Vapors, it was Papa Don't Take No Mess from from James Brown. That huh. guitar, that, that, that guitar riff. Anyway, um, that, and it was like Patrice Russian, and I noticed that, uh, uh, I don't even remember now, but I, I recognized the sample off it, and I was like, oh shit. So I just started looking for her shit. And then um, uh, Bobby Humphreys, who's an ill, you know, flute, uh, jazz flutist a uh, lot of like diggable planets uh, mm -hmm. samples off there um, Diamond D like it was fucking dope so I was just like this is what I want to do so I was just coming up with like sets to spin of like old jazz funk you know nice. make that shit mixed together so you know that's how I learned about all that shit in addition to like another major influence on that tip is uh, Mad Lib because mm -hmm. he just has whole beat tapes of nothing but like old segments of songs that he's intends on sampling you know oh wow <clears throat> yeah yeah exactly so it's all that mind fusion listen to that mind fusion okay. there's just a bunch of different shit on there yeah, and not, some of it's uh, most of it's not even his music it's all songs that he's pulled you know and pieced together yeah wow. yeah right okay cool yeah, so yeah. yeah i mean you know and then uh um, who else uh, I mean, obviously DJ Premier, but you know all these guys who sampled that old shit. Yeah, you know, loved it.
This is from a DJ Rod mix called The Slickness, also available on Bandcamp. Keeping you for quite some time Finally got up the nerve to see if you could be mine We could go and smoke some trees, eat some dinner, drink wine Talk about your mind frame as the stars is out and baby you so fine I just hope you got a different mentality Seen a lot of places and a lot of nationalities And y'all turned up everywhere it's the same Different people, different places, different spaces, different races But everybody's still playing them same games It got so bad I started doing the same thing But anyway, you we could talk over lunch If you don't slumber, yo, here's my number Number, and hey, hey I said, I said One time for your mind I said You looking real good cool. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Right. Hey. 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 Yo, I like the way you dress. Oh, yo, that's fresh. Hey, yo, I like the way you undress. Dress. Too. You impress. Oh, oh. <laughs> Unless your ass is untrue, and you know we through. No more true. play the fool. Who? We go shopping if you cook some our gratin. Hey. Yo. You on the team if you cooking some greens. True. My mom and pops taught me how to cook too. The only one I wanna be with is you. What you look like? And it looked like you looking at me. me. Yo, so what? take a trip and see how things could be. If it was me, but yo, yo. And I say, and she say, and you looking kinda nice, kinda right, kinda right, kinda right. Yo, I don't even know what to say I made this beat and thought about you today It's been a long time since I seen you last It's like time moves too fast to keep your grasp At least sometimes it does I was gonna call, but I know you stay busy and all I keep thinking about the first date Driving around looking for a parking space We had a lot in common, but at the same time We worlds apart, we walked through the park Had nice talks and all that I wonder what it was that made you fall back I wonder what it was, but I won't dwell on that We never hung out that much still When we did hang out, the whole vibe was chill I miss your good night Shit. Yeah, you know, that's our ground in the classics huh? So, okay, that's an interesting one I was also wondering if you've seen uh, Like a serious ebb and flow Obviously in the interest in vinyl But in the supply of vinyl So when you started 
picking up records. There was obviously loads of vinyl around. Now I feel like it's come back. Do you do you think it's come back quite with the same strength or more or? Well, I mean, like I don't know. Maybe in the '90s it was pretty like the the demand was there. Like every fucking people were DJs before computers. Yeah. You know, um, and then it kind of slowed down. I think now it's picking up, but I think part of the deal with it is, is that a lot of artists aren't even pressing vinyl. That's true. You know. Yeah. So more artists less vinyl because no one's really pressing it's just like we were saying with the, the the you don't you're not owning any hard music you hmm. know yeah and i hadn't really thought about that actually that yeah there there really isn't necessarily new vinyl pressings of new music there's yeah. still new and it's such a treat it's such a treat when they music. are when they do you know i love collecting vinyl i love going to shows and picking up vinyl from the artist you know hmm. i love that shit yeah, no, that's that is, and I now I think about it, pretty rare. I could say maybe one in ten shows I've been to recently has had vinyl for sale. Yeah, well, even Karis one, he didn't have vinyl. That that's, shit's heavy. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, and it's easy to. And then if you're going on a fifty out. city tour, yeah, how much vinyl do you have to take per show? Like, fair. you know what I mean? So that shit can sell out like right away. Hmm. Um, no, that's true. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's I was even surprised. I was surprised he didn't have vinyl. You know, that's a money maker. We buy it. That shit goes. Like, if it goes to Albuquerque, I know, like, 10 DJs easily offhand that'll go, and I'll just see them in line just picking up vinyl, even though you may already have it. You might want to have a signed copy or, you know, uh, yeah. a lot of hardcores. So, huh. so yeah, I mean, I mean, it seems like you don't have any doubt about vinyl being around in the future. I don't know. I, I'm, just, uh, I'm just biased. I just love it. I just love mixing vinyl. It's just so much fun, you know. There's no room for error. It's, like, keeps you keeps you honest, kind of, you know. There's so many cool tricks to learn, like, by hand, so to speak, rather than on a computer, which I have no problem with. I love the computer, too. You know, it's super easy when you're traveling, and you can throw down fucking ill sets on computers. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But yeah, the there's, just that, there. there's yeah. just that sound. I just love backspinning, and I just love the feel of it, and knowing that my, my fingers are in control, really. I mean, you know, less, 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 less room for error, is what I'm saying. No, it does seem, it's not something that, uh, that you just pick up right away. That's for sure. I know well, I remember watching it's, my DJ yeah. friends practice right. and practice and practice and not be good and not be good and not be good. And then, actually, they start to sound pretty good. You know, but this was like, this took a long time. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? In high yeah. school. So, yeah, it, it uh, definitely didn't strike me as something for uh, somebody with a, a fickle constitution, you know, who no. isn't, uh, isn't willing to put in a lot of patience. Do you think... Um, uh, young people now are, you know, with reference to the, like the short-term attention span thing we were talking about earlier with the phones and everything. Do you think people are, you know, are capable of that in the same way that they were in the sure. 90s? Sure, yeah. I think you know, so, so, yeah. I mean, because you can put in, I mean, uh, for a dude like, let's say, uh, uh, say Jazzy Jeff. A dude like Javi, Jazzy Jeff spins on his computer. Of course, true vinyl king also, but... He said he's learning new stuff every day. There's always stuff to learn, you know. It's like every medium, even if you're spinning off your iPhone, like there's still, you know, there's still ways you can be creative. And, and like I said, ultimately at the end of the day, you want to make people jump. You want to make, get people going if you're DJing, you know, and just make it sound good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you put in hours no matter what, hmm. whether on a computer or, or vinyl or CDJs. You're putting in, to sound dope, you're putting in time, you uh, know. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's fair. So, okay, so let's see here. So you've been spinning vinyl for 15 years about? 
well, how long ago? It was 2005. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, 13 <laughs> years or so. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah, I mean, with my own turntables, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... That's, uh, that's been wild. I mean, it was pretty smooth watching you guys the other night, uh, you know, Cap included. And that's kind of a magical scene, you know, just to be sitting there. Uh, yeah, it didn't look like you didn't know what you were doing. It uh, definitely looked like you'd spent that, those years. Yeah, so. there's been some time behind there. I mean, I still have a lot to learn and, yeah. and clean up a little bit more. But uh, it's fun. It's something I love to do. So why not, you know, share it with people and get people involved, and especially dope, positive people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like to be part of that. I like to just throw a little, you know, just a little salt there, not in a bad way, but you know, some 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 herbs, mm-hmm. some spices into the batter. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, hell yeah, be a little so, bit of sport. Yeah, so I just like to you know throw a little extra ingredients. I don't know. I just like to see people do good, and especially if they've got a love for it. You know, Zach and and Benzo and and Fluid and all those guys, yeah. dude. I mean. I love that, and they're fucking—they're true to it. They're—they're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're wanting to do something for their state and their city, and dude, and Wolfman, you know, these guys are all putting in fucking—they're all spitters, and they're dope. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. I fucking love that. I'm proud of that. I don't always get to go out to their shows and their and shit like that, but my schedule is hectic with work, and but uh, that's dope. I'm so proud that I have people in my town like you guys that are doing this positive shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I really I, dig that. And if I'm not involved, like, on a show or something, you know, I at least like to just have a little bit of influence somewhere, you know, contribute to, you know, contribute. Yeah, it sounds like you got that that covered for sure. The, uh, the OC guys, that's who I was referring to. They've been so uh, welcoming to to us, mm-hmm. to the beekeepers. That's um, good, man. That's good. You know, yeah, like, God, real nice. And, um, boy, you know, I can't say uh, no word. Like, they're just... They're just the nicest guys. Like, I'm, oh yeah, like, they're I'm, totally cool guys. Yeah, and they they draw people, and in. and they're all intelligent dudes. Absolutely, they're sharp. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they all have uh, different skills too. So that's just kind of nice that you really work well together. Yeah, and they're all there together. It's like it's, right, it's right, synergy. Right. It's really good to watch. They're extremely entertaining. Sure. Um, yeah, and uh, boy, yeah, they they are embodying a lot of that that idea of hip hop that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, uh, the communities. Oh yeah, they appreciate it. They're appreciators too. No, they realized I was really glad when I saw that they'd uh, adopted Anthonius, you know. Oh, yeah, man. The fold too, cause, yeah, he's, he's and right the fact there. that they went on tour, you know, some of them went on tour. That's a, that's like that's cool. That's experience. That's the only way you can get that experience is if you tour. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. You gain that knowledge on tour. No, and there's something nice about that, too, because I think uh, in, a, in a position like that, it's very easy to be uh, like a gatekeeper. You know, and I was talking actually with OG about that, and I think he's very, especially he is very conscious of, of not being a gatekeeper, you know, not restricting that flow. And, yeah. You know. So yeah, I have a lot of admiration for those guys, uh, and they seem to be um, kind of inspiring some other people to. to good, good. To get into you know, I don't know well. a lot of the younger cats out, you know, but that's good. That's good, man. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, these little skate shows, little, you know, this, uh, there's that little skate shop and uh, uh, over there on right Early by, Street. Um, is it, uh, yeah, there's Early Street, right by the FOE. Really? There's a skate shop there? Yeah, I think so. And then there's like an infi- in, in, indoors half pipe. It's right what? next to the, the climbing center. Oh, um, okay. There's a little warehouse back there. Yeah, exactly. And they're doing another show there at that skate shop, at that little skate shop. 
Uh, That's fucking dope. On the, I didn't on the know 27th that. of October. That is so. dope. And like they're usually doing like little fundraisers and things like that. And that kind of event, because we went to one of them a month or two ago, it was like that was a little community event. Everybody came out. Some people brought their artwork. People were skating. They did some hip hop. That's it great. Was like, how, how did that get promoted or did it not get promoted much? Just mostly online. It was basically just a, a Facebook push, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I can. Yeah, send you well, that's cool. If yeah, not, if you're not getting them, next yeah. time text me or something. I'll I might go check it out, man. There's one on the 27th. Yeah, but uh, but that theme of um, skating's of been another big aspect of my life since I was a kid. Huge skated Hell for like yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Oh no shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, well Fuck that'll yeah. influence your music enough too. Right? Oh, in fact, I've got a picture. Sure. You were talking about bringing a thumbnail. I got a picture that you can put. Oh, it's the yeah. old okay. school skating picture of me. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, mean, I got a couple of those where my hair's about like that, and a little childhood photo over there, and uh, and I got my whale tail, my vintage deck, and I'm like, oh shit, some scrapes on my knees for sure. Yeah, skating. Uh, I have some good memories of skating. Oh too, yeah, but but yeah, uh, yeah that's um, <laughs> that is an integral part of the the scene actually, and in a lot of ways, um, it it should be kind of considered like a fifth element of hip hop. You know, skating yeah totally it, i feel like it sits it's like right there yeah it's right it's, on that borderline you know yeah. there's a lot of shared ideas that's amongst ideals. that subculture for sure yeah, yeah. it is amongst that uh, like slightly rebellious subculture oh um, f- fully rebellious slightly. skating yeah, yeah. fully yeah. rebellious um yeah there's a whole lot of crossover uh and it requires a lot of persistent effort yeah you know? so it's just like a lot of elements hip hop where you got to work on it got to work on it there's no you know, oh yeah no a it's a totally fucking skill you know so. and there are people who are much more talented than others just like in djing and i'm seeing but true. but still it was just it's just fun oh yeah i skated for a long time man that was big for me and you don't skate anymore you casually um well it's not that i lost interest i'll always be a skater i always love skating but i got into mountain biking probably like it overlapped so like in the 90s i was riding started riding mountain bikes and i was still skating and then mountain biking just as i got older mountain biking just kind of took precedence over skating okay you know santa fe number one isn't necessarily a a skate town at the time you know there was no skate parks bro we were skating at the baton building we were finding banks like we were searching for places to skate yeah i mean i remember when that first skate park opened up yeah yeah i do too and i was already i was i was older and i'd pretty much stopped skating i mean i was skating a little bit but just mostly to roll around i wasn't like doing flip tricks and bombing mm-hmm. stairs Eight minutes to sunrise, but baby, now what are we gonna do? I don't know, no, no. Pressure at mountain, oh baby, now how we gonna get through? I don't know. Can't go left, uh-uh. can't go right, uh-uh. don't know how we made it through come the on, night. Come on, come on, come on. Seven minutes to sunrise, oh baby, now what are we gonna do? It was once said by black thought that things fall apart. Knew I shouldn't have been messing with dudes, girl, from the start. But I pimp from the heart. The art of it made it interesting. Plus me and sister blend before we got intimate. Friend or no friend. Her man called when This chick is paying me. It'll either cost me or cost him. Told her she should have lost him when? a while ago. Cause due to drinking pile of mo and the fowler, Joe. I ain't hit a salt on this 
For me, the wreck is broad. You can tell what I thought of this. Nickname was Smoke. Don't know if that was because of cigarettes or, or guns he told. He called shots on the desk. So I wasn't trying to call his bluff. By his persona, you can see he think he tough. If that wasn't enough, old girl had a son. This is wild like the West. I'm like Jesse on the run. Uh. Six minutes to sunrise. I'm baby now. What are we gonna do? I don't know. No, no. Pressure is mounted. I'm baby now. How we gonna get there? I don't know. Can't go left uh -uh. can't go right uh -uh. Don't know how we made it through the Yo, night. We got Five minutes to sunrise. I'm baby now. The time is running out. I'm thinking the town skipping. Got a Chevy, but the alternator be tripping. I'm hitting rum straight. Thinking of a route to truncate the streets is watching. Out is one way. I put myself in his nights. His position is I, man. Somebody boning my lady. Probably snap like Rye, man. Our plan was to meet at this bar called the Tiki. Round four, when she was coming, she would beat me. I sat deep in the corner, drinking zombies, becoming one by now. Wondering if my style would support her and her child. Out the corner of my eye, I saw the stud I recognized. One of smokes, guys, to stay out of sight. I Try. Told Jill Scott to meet, we could have picked a better spot awesome. On some nobody's supposed to be here like Deborah Cox Looked at my watch, I don't even got a watch Fell from my clock, damn it, I don't even got a clock, yo Four minutes to sunrise, now baby, now what are we gonna do? I don't know, no, no Pressure is mounted, now baby, now how we gonna get there? I don't know Can't go left uh -uh. can't go right uh -uh. Don't know how we made it through the night Come on, come on Three Mountain biking just took over for me, and honestly, I could say cycling changed my life. Hmm. And, you know, it, in such a in such a dramatic way. You know, it changed my health. It changed my mental state. Um, I don't know. It just there was just something special about cycling for me. And I'm I don't really ride road bikes. I've got a road bike, but I don't really ride it. Hmm. But mountain biking, man, and, and skiing. You know, these I'm a mountain man, so like all this shit was just freeing to me. I can hear that. I love it. I love oh, yeah, it. mountain biking. Yeah. Cycling, seriously, like, I'm sadistic. I like to ride up to go down, you know, to yeah. go down. Um, but there's just something about that pain of climbing and then setting a goal, you know, of how far you want to get. And there's just no other way. You have to achieve that goal. And then the next time it's a little bit longer, you know, and then longer and then longer. And more pain and more pain. But what you don't realize is that you're getting so strong. And your heart's getting strong, and your legs, and your soul, uh -huh. and your your your, you know, everything. It's just it's so good for you. It's just such a good thing to do that, I don't know. My mind just went into a different direction because I'm like out there in the wilderness by myself on my bike, away from people and cell phones, and it's good processing time. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm a lover of the mountain too, and yeah, we'll do our weekly hike and spend at least a few hours every week oh yeah i gotta I mean, do it and it's kind of fucked up hiking for me because every time i'm hiking i just wish i was on my bike ah. <laughs> i'm serious that's for that's real like i'll be climbing walking up you know something and i'll be like i could clean this on my bike probably you know i'll 
Yeah, it, you, that's where my mind's at. You know, do you listen to music when you're when you're um, riding your bike? Uh, yeah, I've got one earbud in and I've got one out, mm-hmm. and then I've got the music on a lower volume, so yeah. I could hear you know everything yeah. clear, but it's safe. Yeah. It's just you know, there's yeah. some dope, something dope in the background. No, that's interesting. Soundtrack. Too. I like the one thing I noticed about the mountains when I'm up there. I never need to listen to music it's like one of the oh no 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 work i gotta listen to music in the car i gotta listen to music it's like but on the mountain it's like one of those places i like i would forget to put music on if i brought it with me because it's so engrossing Um, right right but the thing is with cycling for me i could do it without music and i half the time i do but it's just number one it's embracing the grind you know of climbing you know up the side of a mountain on your bike yeah. So that is kind of distracting, and you're hearing dope lyrics, or you're hearing some something melodic, or whatever it is. And I don't know. It's just it 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 it, it tends to ease the pain, so to speak. Um, but yeah, by any means, I just turn it off. When I'm going downhill, I don't even listen to music because I want to hear people. You know, if there's That's people smart. on the trail, or you know, yeah. if I hear something weird with my bike, like there's certain things, times that you definitely have to hear have your hearing. That makes good sense. Yeah. Um, but skiing, I don't typically listen to music. Um, it's the same thing. I just like hearing the sound of the wind and shit in the background, and you know, just fun. Sound of your skis, sound of the snow. Well, all right. I guess I'll uh, finish up with a, like a one question for you there. That you just mentioned dope lyrics. Um, like what? Uh, how do you define dope lyrics for you, for DJ Rad? What does that mean? What are um, that, you, know, <laughs> you look for like. Like a tightness in timing and a cleanliness of delivery, or are you looking for vocab or just meaning, plain old depth of meaning? Well, I mean, different rappers have different styles, you know. Like Dell, like for instance, Dell. Um, Gotta love Dell. I fucking love. I love his flow. I love his voice. That's another thing. Is voice is super important. Mm. Like Freddie Gibbs, I really like that dude's voice. That dude's so dope, and and he's a spitter too, dude. He's a spitter. So I like, you know, with different artists, I like complexity. I like uh, storytelling ability, you know. The punchline thing for me is kind of, you can have one or two in your rhyme, in my opinion, but it's kind of played out. Like punchlines, you know, that's cool and all, but it's more battle-oriented. I want to hear something like, you know, blow my brain out with a story or even a dope freestyle. But um, like the grouch, super simple, Mm -hmm. but gets to the point. Yeah. And again, a dope voice. You know. He does have that great voice. But I, I, I couldn't picture him until I saw him, uh, you know, in person. I had, I had like, no, I couldn't picture what he looked like when well, I dude. heard his voice for the first like, <coughs> yeah, yeah. years before I ever saw him, in, you know, in person. Right, right. But, yeah, so what, uh, you know, you mentioned not, not liking the mumble rap, obviously. And uh, what would you say is the biggest detractor from mumble rap for you? What's, uh, like, what's the clincher? Well, what kills from what I've, you? some of the shit that I've heard, like, obviously... I, I don't, I don't, if I hear a couple of things like styles or whatever that I'm not really feeling, then I won't waste my time indulging with that particular, dig, yeah. yeah, but the thing is, is like, they're saying, they're, what I've heard is like, they're literally saying like five words throughout the whole fucking song and repeating shit or, um, I don't know, there's just no content, there's no lyrical content to it, you know, there's nothing, they're not saying shit, they're saying dumb shit, you know what I mean, we're past the dumb shit days. I think I hope we are. We yeah. are. I mean, I really, in so. reality, we are past the dumb shit days. You know, people need and want to hear relevant, 
dope raps. Yeah. You know, I like that kid, that kid, J. Cole. That dude's fucking, that's, he's a spitter too. You know, I like his style. Yeah, there's something about, about a little bit. Currency, of that's another dude. I really yeah, like that yeah. dude. He's okay. a fucking, he's an ill MC. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe not to everyone's liking, but definitely he's like, he's got skills. Yeah, no, I mean, he's got skills, you know, and that's the thing is like, I don't necessarily have to like all their music, but I can recognize when somebody's got talent, you know. I appreciate it. Huh? Yeah, so, um, I don't know. I'm just a traditional hip hop cat, dude. I'd love dope boom bap sounds. I like, you know, just different variations of hip hop. But other than it, it, it just, I'm not trying to impress anybody with what I listen to. It's what sounds dope to me. That's, mm -hmm. you know, that's it's just what I like. You know, I, I guess that's it. <laughs> Well, hell yeah, man. Dude, keep on that grind. Keep collecting those records. I know you Oh, will. yeah, that never ends, man. And, uh, yeah, and thank you for the invite. I'll definitely come back around. Yeah, yeah. I'll put and you listen in. listen to you guys I'll, yeah. again, man. I'll, put you, I'll put you in the loop. I was trying to maybe have one this Friday night. I mean, I know mm -hmm. it's you got a girl and all. So I don't know what you guys do, but I was. that's usually the time that, like, a lot of the cats can come through. Like, I, my boy Wildcat comes over and DJ Cap, and we have another dope dj friend john ray he's super cool intelligent again intelligent guy um and who else my buddy tony tony abeta he's a he's, he's a record collector also a super fucking badass artist yeah a collection of cool uh, cats huh yeah yeah yeah. yeah so um you know and all these people have something to bring to the table so i like well, that yeah i mean i honestly i can't wait to do this yeah, That's so good, please. Man. Anyway, I was talking about Friday, so I'll extend the invite, and hopefully you guys can make it. I like having a bunch of cats there. Well, thanks so much for coming by and sharing some wisdom with us, and uh, we might just get you back here again. Cool, you man. Know, and maybe quiz you on some some super knowledge <laughs> or, uh, you know, get your input on something that we uh, that we come across, because uh, it's always nice to have people who yeah, know cool, a whole man. lot about hip-hop. It's fun to be here. This is cool. So. This is a really dope little studio you got. Well, I appreciate it. Nice. All right, that's it. Beekeep Radio. Wait. and outro tracks produced by Rum Dad. This has been a Beekeepers production 2018. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, Bandcamp, and goddamn Google. <laughs>